Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. I grew up in a county just northwest of London. The county's called Buckinghamshire. And it's a very, very old historical part of England. The house that I lived in was very, very old. And I think because of the house being so old, I think it had some... uh, a bit of unknown history to us. My dad and I were, were in watching TV again in, in my parents' bedroom. All of a sudden... We see this shadowy figure. It's about the size of a human. You can make out, like, human figure, but you can't make out detail. We shot up in bed and we looked down the hall. It started walking down the hall very quickly at like a brisk pace. Then it just stopped and disappeared. So I convinced a friend who is a clairvoyant medium. She claims to have been able to communicate and see spirits. And she came over one day and she's walking around the house and she starts to kind of tune in. And she says that there is a, you know, a a lot of spiritual activity here. And as we walk up the stairs to the third floor, she stops. And she says in a very calm voice, There's a man up here. There's a man up here. She's getting very serious, and she said that she doesn't know who he is, you know, what he's doing there, but he's a, he's an older, stronger, you know, man who wasn't ready to die when he did, and he is just not ready to leave. You know, when we've looked into records of the house, during World War One and World War Two, our house was a recovery hospital for injured officers. When I told her about the history of the house being as it was a recovery hospital during the war, she kind of speculated that this was the spirit of a soldier who passed and, you know, from his injuries. For me, that's kind of what made the most sense because a lot, a lot of people died in World War I and World War II and, and I can't imagine people left when they wanted to leave. 
they might feel like they have some unfinished business. Hi, I'm Elliot Van Dusen, Director of Paranormal Phenomena Research and Investigation and co-author of Evil in Exeter. You're listening to Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast with Aaron Hunter. Welcome. I'm Aaron Hunter, purveyor of paranormal stories, the occult, and the unexplained. Welcome to RPA. I hope you enjoy your stay. Hey guys, Aaron here, and it is Monday, August 14th, 2023, episode 302. How's everyone out there around the world doing? And man, as always, glad to be back in the hot seat. And today we're going to do even more listener stories. And man, we are putting a big dent in the backlog, but yeah, I apologize to you guys out there that are still waiting for your story to be read. First come, first serve. And for you guys out there who had a paranormal experience or something just odd and strange, if you want to share it to the world, just send it to me, Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at realparanormalactivity.com, and I'll read it off on a future episode. As far as announcements are concerned, yeah, I'm still waiting for something to hit the fan, because the last few months, it's just been smooth going. Yeah, I'm just waiting. (laughs) But tomorrow, Tuesday... A new episode of Aaron's Heart Show will be out, and this Wednesday, a new show of Terry's Mysterious Moments with Terry from Texas will be out as well, and as always, this Friday, a double feature of Entertaining Short Films will be released. Other than that, yeah, weather is great, lower to mid-70s, but it uh, looks like this weekend we're going to get in the 90s, but I'm enjoying the week so far. And so with that, let's just get right down to it. Let's get the show on the road. Come on, say it with me. Say it with me. That's right, too. The story then. Follow me right this way. No pushing, no shoving, and the fans are flowing. Nice and cool in here. As always, grab a beanbag over there in the corner, find an empty spot on the floor, and grab yourself a popsicle out of the freezer. Enjoy. And while you guys are doing that, get behind my desk here. Get comfy, and I'll print off Bert's packet. Let's see what story she has for us today. Oh, wow. We got a, looks like a medium one and two long ones. All right. Let me sip my green tea real quick. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So good when it hits the lips. All right. The first one. This one is titled, They Talk to Us, and it's by Owl. Okay, Owl. Let's see what you got, man. I'm going to tell you the story my grandma told me. Five years ago, there was a death of a young girl in her village. Uh, The village is pretty small, so everyone knows each other. After the funeral, sometime later, my grandmother kept having this dream of the young girl appearing before her as a normal person would, but her feet were all scratched and bloody. She would only say that she couldn't find her shoes and she would start crying, asking for shoes. My grandma would have this dream for two or three days. So, one day, she decided she would go to the girl's family and tell them to buy shoes and leave them somewhere in their home. She didn't really want to worry them, but 
decided that they should know of the dreams and that she's been seeing their daughter with bloody feet and crying that she can't find her shoes and she can't walk. The next day, her family went and bought her nice white shoes and just placed them in some place in their home. After that, my grandma says that she stopped dreaming of the girl. But one night, she had a dream about her again. This time, the girl was happy. She didn't say anything, but my grandma says she could tell that the girl was happy, that she could walk again, and that was it. She never had a dream about her again. And I really think that this is all possible, that we can communicate with them in our sleep. Love other people's stories. And man, I love that story. It's a feel-good story. And that's by Al. Al, thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, you know, I, um, you're not alone. A lot of people uh, communicate with, you know, past loved ones, actually, uh, in their dreams. Sometimes they, uh, they get warnings of what might be coming. And sometimes they come true. Yeah, it's really odd. In this case, uh, your grandmother wasn't really part of the family. Um, kind of interesting that the girl didn't go to, you know, to, uh, to her family. But, hey, who knows, right? Yeah, Al, thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, I loved it. All right, what's next? What do we got? This one is by Lady Glow, and it's titled The Voice. Okay, Lady Glow, let's see what you got, man. Better cross the other side of the street. Don't let your son play with that kid. Better wear runners today. For as long as I can remember, every so often some ideas pop up in my head for no apparent motive or without any personal effort. They are almost like a voice speaking nonsense in my brain. Sometimes I try to reason against it or simply ignore it, only to find out that the stranger walking the street in my direction was a damn groper, or the cute three-year-old my son was trying to befriend was nothing but a spoiled brat, or that on September 19th, 1985, when I had to walk for almost four hours through the streets of Mexico City after the public transport was disrupted due to a strong earthquake, fortunately that day I listened to the voice and decided against wearing high heels. Before getting married, I used to live with my family in a working class neighborhood consisting of six blocks arranged in two rows of three blocks and situated between a subdivision of apartment buildings and a tall brick wall running the length of the three blocks. The wall was the last remnant of an old foundry that was relocated when the city began to grow. My house was in a corner across from the wall, which was used like an improvised handball court by the youth of the area, who would spend long hours playing in the street paying no heed to the local traffic nor to the pedestrians walking by. But, since people knew each other, there was no major conflict. With time, the fame of the wall attracted many other young men of dubious reputation, and with their arrival came all sorts of problems. Alcohol and drugs found their way into the court. They formed little gangs that didn't mind harassing the locals. 
due to the location of my house, it was common for some of the balls to land on the roof. Sometimes the guys would ask for permission to climb to the roof to get their ball. If nobody was home, some of them would just leave. But some others would just get to the roof and retrieve the balls without caring that they were trespassing private property. One day, I came home just to find one of the worst of these men on the roof of my house. When he got down, I told him that what he had done was wrong. Of course, he wouldn't take to being told off by a girl in front of his cronies and began insulting and threatening me. I was angry and afraid. I knew he was a gangster that wouldn't think twice to harm me or my family. My legs were shaking, but I stood my ground and told him to go fly a kite. We engaged in a short exchange of insults and cuss words. I stopped talking when the voice said in my head, Don't worry, he will get killed in the street. The shock of this thought made me walk away trying to understand what just happened. A short time later, perhaps a month to six weeks after this incident, the young man had an encounter with a rival gang while leaving a little convenience store in the turf of his enemies. They killed him by smashing his head with a heavy cement lid of a manhole. Hearing the news was upsetting. At some point, I blamed myself for thinking about him getting killed. But after reviewing what happened during our brief encounter, I came to realize that I never wished for his death and that the voice had only warned me of something that would happen, just like it has been doing for so many times in my life. I know he was a gangster, but I felt and feel sorry for the way he died. Thanks for reading my experience. And man, that's from Lady Glow. Loved it. Thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, you know, some people uh, get this sort of thing. It's not really a voice. It's kind of like an urge. And actually, I experience this sort of thing uh, every so often. It's been a while, though. Um, and I think I told, I talked about this a little bit in previous seasons, maybe in the early seasons. But, uh, you know, when I was carrying, back in the days when you're carrying cash, you know, of course, nowadays everyone is using their bank card or a credit card, but I use my bank card to make purchases. But uh, back then when I carried cash, uh, you know, you park in a parking lot to go to a grocery store or something. You're walking around, and every so often I would, uh, you know, you see change on the ground. Uh, but there's been a couple of times, or actually a few times, where there's a penny on the ground, and, you know, I looked at it. I get the urge to pick it up, but, you know, nah. And uh, so I walk in and I go make my purchase. And, you know, uh, it's like whatever. The total purchase with sales tax and all is, we'll say, $9.35. Well, you know, I got the bills and I look at my change. And I got 34 cents. You know, I'm one penny short. And I always think to myself, I should have picked up that penny. You know, but I just thought to myself, well, you know, I was thinking it's a penny. That's why I didn't pick it up. But when it kept on happening like that, uh, yeah, it, I always scratched my head. And another time is, it, it sticks to me to this day, is that um, when uh, going to uh, my favorite grocery store, I usually take uh, this certain route. It's, and there's actually two routes, but the first route I always take because it's, it's shorter. Uh, the second route is a little bit uh, down a ways past the first route, and it takes longer. It's, it's a longer drive to get to the grocery store. So I always take the first route. And uh, one day, 
I was going to the grocery store, and before I got to the turn to turn into uh, my first route, I got this uh, kind of urge, or maybe even a thought, that I should take the second route. You know, it was just a split second. And then, uh, of course, I just thought to myself, why would I take the second route? You know, I don't even know why I was thinking that. So, I went on the first route, took my left, got onto the onto the road, and, you know, I'm driving along, uh, flow of traffic's just fine. And then all of a sudden, it turns into one lane. It was a two-lane road. So now we're in one lane, and traffic starts to slow down, slow down. And then we're bumper-to-bumper traffic. You know, it's so slow, and construction work was going on. And it took me a long, long time to get to the grocery store. And so, you know, uh, of course, I had to take the second route to get back, uh, back home. And, of course, the second route was nice and clear, and the flow of traffic was so much faster. So, yeah, uh, it was just odd that just that thought would come out of nowhere, whereas I thought, you know, the first route was just fine. I had no knowledge about traffic or, you know, construction work going on. So it's like little things like that that's, you know, just kind of makes you scratch your head. And, yeah, it's rare. Every so often I just get a thought. And, of course, well, you could think of it as, uh, you know, your decision-making is due to experience. You might know what's going to happen. So you don't do something just because in the you know previous years you learned that what is something could happen and depending on what situation you're at. You know, you could call it experience. Some people call it intuition. I don't know. But... Yeah, there's no reason for me to uh, start thinking about taking the second route. Yeah, just out of the blue. Kind of weird. All right. Okay, what's next? What do we got? This one is titled, A Haunted Friend. And it's by Annie. Okay, Annie. Let's see what you got, man. This story is about my childhood friend, whom I no longer in touch with. Her name is Susan. I met her and her cousin when we were 13 years old. They used to come to my house with other girls and we used to do silly things like making prank calls or taking countless pictures, etc, etc. She was a completely normal teenager. Anyways, many years later I went to university and kind of lost touch with my childhood friends. One day, when I was back in the city for holidays, I saw her cousin at the hairdresser and she told me that Susan is not well. Like she was fainting or she was having some sort of attacks. I thought she was just sick and she needed medical help. Her cousin said that she has seen doctors and even psychologists. However, her problem was not being solved. Plus, she started to predict things that will happen. Susan was known for her curiosity about psychic abilities. She would try to summon them or communicate with them. According to her cousin, in one of those trials, she got haunted and this is what she tells everyone. Her cousin would be the last person in this world to believe in such things. So I asked her if she really thinks it's true. She said one day there was a get-together with friends at her house and Susan was not invited. Later on, all of a sudden, Susan called and said that she knows there is a party and she is coming too. Another time, Susan and her cousin were visiting a friend and Susan told the girl, Did you know that your mom is cheating on your dad? To be honest, when I heard all this, I didn't take it seriously. 
I thought she just somehow heard this from someone and she was trying to scare people. About a year later, Susan came to my house with her cousin and scared the shit out of me. First of all, I've realized how much she has changed. She was a talkative type. Now, she became a quiet person. She entered my room, and after 15 minutes, she said, Someone suffered here so much. Then we went to the garden. We started to talk. I wanted to test her because I was not convinced. I opened up a topic which she had no idea about. A day before, my mom had an argument with a neighbor, and she stopped talking to that lady. I asked her if she has any idea who my mom had the argument with. She knew I was testing her. She looked me in the eye, and then she turned her head towards her shoulder and whispered to the air. Then she turned to me and said, It's your neighbor. She even pointed to the lady's house. I remember my face turned white when I heard this. Then she told me that there are two ghosts that haunted her. Initially, they were bothering her, so she carries a talisman on her neck. Now, they made peace. They are always with her. She became accustomed to life this way. I asked her if she can see them. She replied, she can only hear them, for now. They will be visible when they fully trust her. For your knowledge, this was the last time I saw her and her cousin. Thank you. And that's from Annie. Annie. Oh, man, great story. Loved it. Yeah, psychics. Yeah, that's interesting. I like uh, that you didn't fully believe her. You're a skeptic. Uh, you don't believe in the sort of thing, but then you try to test her. And yeah, you know, there's a few things that are happening. Yeah, other people see the same thing or just, you know, just listening to the odd things that she's saying. Well, yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah, psychics. I mean, I'm just going to admit it. You know, it's kind of 50-50 with me. We all know there's a lot of BS in the paranormal. There's a lot of grifters, con people. And, uh, you know, when a psychic just starts using general descriptions, no details whatsoever, you know, they could sense the desperation in a person that they probably went to other people for answers. And now they decided, I'm going to try a psychic to get the answers I need. You know, you're kind of vulnerable at that time. So let's just face it. Yeah, you guys know what I'm getting at. So, but yeah, but there's been many psychics uh, that helped out law enforcement. There's documentaries on it to find buried bodies, you know, crime scene, murder scenes, missing persons. And every once in a while, they're spot on. Yeah, but of course, they've been, you know, other psychics been tested and they've been found to be just uh, con people. So, yeah, you got to be careful. And... Well, that is it for the stories, guys. That's all that was in uh, Britt's packet. And as always, we're flattered that you come here and visit the RPA Network. And we're just glad that you're finding something that you enjoy. And just a friendly reminder, we're on all major streaming platforms, such as iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, etc., etc. So if you're at work or you're on one of those platforms and you get bored with your music, just do a search for us and get your spook on. Listen to some ghost stories. 
And also, if you'd like to support the network and help us pay the bills, just go to realparanormalactivity.com, become a premium access member, and you get all the previous Monday shows, the RPA shows, all the previous listener stories, bonus episodes, interviews, and even I made a little bit over 30 audiobooks of folklore from other cultures around the world. And it's only $3.99 a month, and you can cancel anytime. And also, you can sign up through the RPA app. It's free. If you don't have the RPA app, just merely go to your app store and do a search for Real Paranormal Activity, and you'll see our iconic Aqua Blue Eye. Download it and get your spook on tonight. Stream anytime, anywhere. And with that, I am calling it. The show's been produced by myself and Britt, and also made possible by LaFosse Corporation, and man... We love you. Oh yeah, we do. As always, thank you and good night.